Okay, welcome back to another episode of Inside the Leader's Mind with your host, Matt. And let's do another segment of mastery. Let's dive into the real essence of the mindset of a leader today. Um, Well, really, the essence of the identity of a leader And I do want to tell you this. Everyone is a leader and also everyone has the capacity for leadership. And I'll explain why. I am, I'm I'm the type of person who does really believe that, you know, whether you know it or not, whether you've discovered this or found this out or even whether you want to or not, you are meant for something way more. Like you're actually here on this earth to do something amazing. I think everybody is, and we sort of downplay people's potential, um, especially school. If, if you go to school, like, you know, you may be graded and sort of rated and put on this spectrum of, you know, not so smart, not so good student, all the way up to great student, brilliant. Um, but I do believe that that, um, that system is very flawed in how it presents material to, to kids and how, and how they are judged and how they are scored and ranked, right, based on their grades, based on their output. Um, and their input of useless information, really, without any practical real-world stuff. And so we can look at things like the IQ, and you know, kids with a low IQ, um, maybe it may be assumed that they don't have much to offer this this world, and so like they're destined for these type of jobs. But you know, <clears throat> you can also think of IQ as like this is your this is the level at which you can really make an impact, which is different from someone with a different IQ. Whether it's high or low is irrelevant. It's just like, this is where you are. This is where you have the ability to succeed. And we can bring that out in people. And I know people with a ridiculously high IQ who are absolutely wasting their life away. Um, And I also know people who did extremely well in school who are totally wasting their life away and and struggling, really. And then I know people who barely made it by, you know, and and somehow found some way to make something of that, make something of their life, make something of their existence, you know, and and also find meaning and purpose as well and and something to chase after. And I do believe that everyone has that opportunity to find something that gives them purpose or that find something that reflects their purpose and also gives them meaning and um, that's important to them, you know? And I imagine you listening have also noticed a couple of things, you know, maybe in your time listening to these episodes and just overall in your life, like there's things that are genuinely important to you, like bigger picture things that you would love to make an impact on. You would love to change. Like per me, it's the educational system. That's where my mission is leading. And right now it's through educating 
leaders and parents. Uh, and in the future, it's through educating children and, and creating a school or an edu- uh, a facility, really, an academy, the, the uh, Emerging Leaders Academy, so that we can provide a, a real positive educational system for every child that is both useful, really useful, and fun and engaging. And like, you know, when I was a kid, and this is, I'll make this story really brief because we want to get, stay on track here. When I was a kid, man, I realized how much fun I had learning new things, especially in like preschool and kindergarten and even in first grade. But something weird happened. Like when you move from like kindergarten into first grade and suddenly you go from circular tables and pl- a play area in your classroom to lined up desks. And I was like, no, this is this isn't really working. This isn't this isn't the same. Like what is, what is happening here? We learn more so through difficult challenges and play than we do through sitting at a desk and, and studying and reading and doing assignments. We really learn through these experiential um, problem-solving-based challenges and games fast. <clears throat> it also gives everyone who's participating and contributing uh, an idea from a very early stage, an idea of like where they are in the social spectrum. Because realistically, like we we don't all play the same role, and you don't either. You don't play the same role as your, you know, other people at your job and other people in your family. Like you play your role, and those are all different. And when this is established early, and you get to recognize it in different social situations that are also challenging you, that are also educating you, this makes for a beautiful learning experience. To where by the age of like 10, 11, you're smarter than most 20-year-olds, you know? And not because of your IQ, but because of your life experience. So this is like my <laughs> bigger vision, you know, is impacting the education system. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, organizations doing this really well already. And I aim to, you know, leave my mark as well. Leave my footprint. <clears throat> So with all of this in mind, knowing that you have uh, the potential to do something great, you also have that as an option, um, and, I, and, and I imagine that you care about something deeply. Maybe you haven't discovered quite what it is yet um, or how you can make a difference, but there's something, I imagine, something you really care about, a cause or um, an organization or something like that, you have the power to take action on that. And that is leadership. When you're taking the lead, when you're taking charge, you are leading the charge. I like that phrase, leading the charge or being in charge. It's the, what, where does the word charge come from? It's, it's like an electrical vibrance. It's this um, flow of energy and suddenly you have it. When you are in charge, you have a lot of energy, both behind you and in front of you and running through you, that you're 
using to motivate and inspire other people. This is leadership. And it's an art, too, of course. It's also a skill that you can very easily develop. And and you may be feeling right now that, you know, you don't have the the confidence to take action or maybe it's too risky or you're afraid to do something about it. You're afraid to step up and step through into this new role. Uh, but, it, but I want to invite you to consider this. It's already inside. It's already there and you're totally capable. Are you a leader, game changer, or adventure seeker who would jump at the opportunity to get out into the world and experience something new? Do you possess an unusual capacity for growth? Have you done what most won't understand or are you simply someone whose impact goes way beyond what you ever could have imagined and you just keep going? Well, I've got a special invitation for you. The Elevate Experience is calling your name. This is an opportunity for you to detach, to deconstruct, to discover new paths, and to plan for what comes next. Picture this. You're in a remote wilderness environment with nine other growth-oriented, highly accomplished producers and action takers. You're on an epic, once-in-a-lifetime adventure with zero resistance and zero BS. This is the chance for you to endure physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual evolution and be held accountable to make choices that build your integrity and your resilience. You'll walk away from this five-day, one-of-a-kind experience with renewed passion, action steps to integrate your experience into your life, and memories secured to anchor you to your evolution and your expansion. Plus, you'll receive integration coaching and peer-to-peer mentorship so that you can take your experience home with you and inject your rediscovered passion directly into your leadership. If you've made it this far and accomplished this much, What's next? The Elevate experience is here for you. Don't wait any longer. Visit mysummit.academy slash elevate and fill out the application for the adventure of a lifetime so that you can join us this summer. What are you waiting for? What's missing, it could be the how. Uh, It also could be the the motivation, the very deeply passionate why behind it. Because when you have that, 
Um, it may, actually makes it quite easy to overcome any obstacle like confidence, imposter syndrome, things like that, when you have really sincere and passionate motivation for something. <clears throat> and it also could be your role, right? The role you play. Now, everyone is a leader and there are different styles of leadership. There are those who can very easily just stand up and start leading a group of people. They can take charge. And, you know, it's the quintessential leader, right? The, 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 uh, the director, the person who's, who just suddenly knows exactly what to do and they're coordinating with people and they're communicating well. Then there's more of the facilitator, which is someone on the outside who empowers other leaders and helps them to properly think through things. There's the master, the, 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 the one who's been through a lot and has a lot of wisdom and is like an encyclopedia, you know, and the, you know, the wise elder archetype, the, the, the one who can share knowledge and wisdom and, and that alone can inspire others. And, and we have the servant leader whose role it is is to serve. And their leadership is really by example. You know, they, they have this role model um, type of themselves or design. And uh, they're also very driven to work and to follow through. And so there's these different types of leaders. And it's, it's helpful to identify like which one you are. And there's, there's a spectrum and there's aspects where you can sort of have characteristics from each. And, and typically one is stronger in you naturally. And typically there, there's like a blend depending on the environment, depending on the opportunity given to you. I tend to lean into... Uh, a combination of facilitator and master because I love to collect knowledge and I love to go out and gain, gain experience. And I like to say I go first, like I'll go into the unknown and take risks and then I'll learn from those. And then also I'm very much like a guide, you know, like a, the type of person who can read into people and understand their problems as well as their blocks, their obstacles, and sort of reinvent that so that they can see it from a new perspective by asking a lot of questions and sharing some stories. Um, so we all have this like combination. So now that you understand like you are a leader and you may not know it, and also you may not know exactly what that role is <coughs> that you play. You may not know that yet. Well, you can start to understand what that is. You know, a lot of, a lot of people identify with things like their job, and they identify with things like their role in their family and things like that. You know, you say, I am a lawyer, I am a police officer, I am a father. And you may, you may be those things, sure. But, but they're not who you are, you know, they're more like what you do. 
And also they can be who you are like in a certain moment. Like you wouldn't want to be a lawyer while you are being a parent. And and there is overlap in like skill set for there, like negotiating, right? But but think about like everything that goes with being a lawyer or being a firefighter or a police officer. There's like cultural things that you adopt and there's norms that don't really fit in when you're with um, a group of friends, for example. Like it's okay to let your guard down. We often see um, in the military and police departments how, you know, those in that role are really struggling to let their guard down and they're constantly in this heightened state of alertness, fight or flight, which can be very toxic for your body and your soul, your spirit. And so being able to separate yourself, you know, from your job is valuable. Uh, but, But it does give you some insight, like the job that you go after, the job that you would typically go after the role you play in your work gives you insight to how you lead and it could be in a supportive role it could be in a a manager role or a a, like a director role you'll you'll naturally gravitate toward one of these things and this is why like some people will likely not get promoted because it would actually take them out of their most natural role and some people will, like, because, you know, maybe on the ground level, they're not really good at what they do. One of the things I've noticed is anytime I've had a job or I've worked for someone else or I've gotten into a role, uh, I very quickly uh, went looking for ways to get out of it, you know, uh, more specifically, like ways to make it better. And because I'm even thinking of that and thinking about making things more efficient. Uh, it allowed me an opportunity to like work with people who are in charge. And obviously that puts me in a position where I can provide a little more value. Not saying it's more important. It's, it simply creates more potential. Someone who can think that way, think in expansion and efficiency <clears throat> has the ability to create more potential and everyone plays a role. You might have also like compared yourself to who you were. Um, Or you might, you might be comparing yourself right now to who you want to be, (coughs) which tends to cross over and like comparing to others. And of course, like you're human, of course you are. It's actually built into our DNA to size each other up. Place ourselves in this theoretical hierarchy. It's also really important to note that this is perception dependent. Meaning like you're going to believe exactly what you decide is true. If you make a decision that you are below a certain person or you'll never be like somebody. Well, it's likely that that's true. This is imposter syndrome 101. And it can be the ultimate killer of confidence. You know, oftentimes I would experience this as an entrepreneur uh, and fall victim to its sneaky ways. (laughs) I didn't, I didn't think 
I was experiencing this because I was really confident in some things. Uh, an example is like my coaching as a in fitness and CrossFit. I was like really confident in that because I'd done it so much. I'd studied it and I really genuinely was good at it. So obviously there's confidence with that, but not in other areas. Like in other areas of my life, I was completely hiding and afraid <coughs> to like stand out because I felt like an imposter. Like most interactions with other people outside work. And eventually I even felt like an imposter around clients and coworkers and mentors and friends. And I began to distance myself because, you know, I really started to associate my identity with this coach thing with just being a CrossFit coach. And like, that's all I'll ever be. And it'll never move on from that. I felt unworthy of anything more, man, imposter syndrome like sucked. And it was finding me everywhere. It seemed In reality, I, I only experienced it sometimes, um, but I started to identify with it, you know. Ask me anything about, like, weightlifting, and I'll talk about it for hours with you. Nutrition to um, music. Oh, ask me anything about music, and I could jam with you for, for hours. And there was a time where you asked me about marketing and I would freeze or you asked me about sales and I would run away <laughs> or you asked me about feelings and I would like freeze up and I wouldn't know what to say because I was afraid to say the wrong thing and I wanted to be liked. Oh my goodness. <clears throat> but I realized like this was a hole that I could fill. I just had to go out and learn the these things. I, I genuinely felt like, um, and you might, you might have felt like this too. You might be feeling this right now. Like I felt as though because I didn't have all the answers, <coughs> excuse me, then I had none of the answers. And because I didn't have the answers, like who would want to talk to someone like that? I really thought like to have a conversation with people or to like be valuable, I had to know stuff and like my I had friends that would talk about baseball and football and like I don't really know much about that other than like the rules of the game and how to play and whatever but I don't know anything about the teams or like more finer details of the rules and like my friends would talk about it and I'm like I have no idea what to talk about finally realized like <clears throat> I didn't have to have any answers at all like in fact sometimes having answers is a crutch and it's like a cop-out instead and this is why if you have like like you don't need a high IQ you don't need to be brilliant to make it in life um, and actually being brilliant has nothing to do with IQ being brilliant is in my opinion a reflection of your curiosity <clears throat> it's a reflection of what you want to know. I finally began to understand like what it is I can do for people. And when I did that, the imposter syndrome melted away and I began to really realize, I really realize, I began to realize my potential. 
you know, and I'm curious for you, what is holding you back from starting that business or elevating in that business or asking for a raise or, you know, pulling a trigger on that investment? Allergies, y'all. It's flower season here in New York and man, just like this year, it's been Yeah, what is holding you back from these these moves? Because it's not any scarier, I'll be like realistic. It's not even any riskier to like try than to stay exactly where you're at. In fact, it's like worse to stay where you're at, in my opinion. It's riskier to do that. I imagine there's this false belief you might have simply goes, Well, I don't have what it takes. I hear that all the time, you know, I don't have what it takes. Or maybe you throw a projection in there. Like they know something I don't, they have something I I don't have. They were born with talent. They were, they're smarter than I am. Dude, these are all bullshit. They're total bullshit. You can learn anything quite easily. I I'm I actually was journaling today and I'm making a, a commitment. You know, I made a commitment to podcast every day for 30 days. I'm making another commitment <clears throat> to get better at writing. And so I asked myself the question, what do I need to do to become a significantly better writer? Meaning like people will read my stuff and want to read more. Uh, and also what could I do to write? more frequently, you know, because this is my real problem. Like I, I can write decently well. I've been complimented on my writing and I have a problem of like writing a lot and then not writing at all. So I want to be consistent. So I asked myself the questions, what do I need? And what did I write down here? Um, I need one hour of practice per day, minimum. Uh, specific drills and techniques. So like specific writing structures and things to do to practice specific types of writing. Um, repeatable systems. So something I could just pull out of a hat and follow the steps and like know that I'm going to get something out of it. Um, objectivity. So that means I have to look at this and approach this with curiosity and like an experiment versus um, approaching with like a need neediness or like with an outcome in mind it's like the opposite of perfectionism like i want to fuck up i told someone in jujitsu last night he's pretty new i choked him got a rear naked choke on him and as soon as he tapped he's like fuck and i asked him like dude why'd you why'd you say that you know what's going on he's like oh i got you know i don't want to get submitted uh, and so, you know, I reminded him, like, I've been training a lot longer. Um, you know, his four classes or five classes compared to my four years on the mats, it's a big difference. And also, I gave him this, like, piece of advice, <clears throat> which it is what it is, but I wanted to just speed up so we could keep training. I said, listen, man, get tapped as fast as possible so, we, so you can start over and then make sure that doesn't happen again. So this is like the objectivity. 
don't be so attached to the outcome. Um, and also, I, I want, in order to get better, objectively better, in 30 days, direct and specific feedback. So having a, someone who I know is better at writing that I can just send my writing to and get feedback. And then questions, like they ask questions. That's what I'm going to ask for. Um, and then, of course, measurable results to track progress. So I'm going to create KPIs for this. I'm not starting this yet. I'm going to do an hour a day um, for, for 30 days of writing. And uh, once I find a coach who's like appropriate and then know that I have specific skills and techniques, um, I'll set KPIs and I'll get better. Because I wrote this stuff down, like the imposter syndrome disappeared. Like I, I objectively know that I'm a good writer. I want to be a great writer and I also want to do it consistently especially if I'm going to be writing a book or multiple books that, you know, I've started some and not finished, but you get the idea. So going off tangents here, it's all good. The false belief here, like you don't have what it takes, you know, it's bullshit. And it might be because you've failed before. And, you know, you imagine the people who are already doing the thing, who are like the people who have what you want. You imagine them to be perfect, but I'm here to tell you that they're definitely not perfect. Like I've, I've had mentors that I look up to and on the surface level, you think that they're amazing, but then they share with you stories of like total self-sabotage and utterly fucking things up. And <clears throat> it's exactly those things that get you to where you are now, you know? And I'm, I'm, I can definitely tell you that I have made so many mistakes. And I think, so got, I think that's what qualifies me to be able to do what I do now and teach and, and share and preach too. Sometimes I fucking preach because I believe in this stuff. I believe in this lifestyle. I believe in leadership. I believe in you. Because I've made all the mistakes and I'll keep making more. In fact, I'm at a point where the faster I can make a mistake, the better so that I can move forward and through it. On the other side of every mistake that I actually accept as my fault, I get better. You can repeat that statement. Just zoom back 10 seconds. I'll repeat it. I know that after every single mistake that I accept as my fault, that I take ownership over, I get better. Important piece there is taking ownership because you can fuck up, blame other people, and never improve. That's some low-level shit. You guys are above that, right? <laughs> so mistakes are part of the process. You know that. You can mitigate risk as much as possible, of course, by learning from your mistakes and filling in the holes. Uh, so, you know, let's talk about how. Like, obviously, you have leadership potential. I mean, what You might be held back by false beliefs or limiting beliefs. We can just call them beliefs, right? You might be held back by thinking you're not good enough, by thinking you're not ready, by thinking and believing for some reason that they have something you don't. You probably realize by now that's not true, right? 
So let's create a system for how you can get from a place of this like negative shit talking yourself and imposter syndrome and lack of confidence and all that unworthiness. And let's turn it into like proper, something more productive, obviously, but also a, a real honest look at the truth because like failing, winning, even it's all made up. It's all subjective. Let's get to like the truth, the reality, the accuracy of this. So whatever goal you get, you set for yourself, whatever it is you want to achieve and like the cause you want to make an impact on, like you might've tried before you might've t- taken steps and only seen minimal results. I love to use uh, like the example of a sales campaign because it's applicable to business owners and we could use really specific numbers. You know, and you'll just tell yourself, like, I, I just need five new clients this month. Like, that would be perfect. Just give me five more. We'll negate the soft talk here for a moment and focus on the number, right? We'll negate the word just, just need. <clears throat> focus on the number 20. So, like, let's assume, or the number five, right? I don't know why I said 20. <coughs> let's assume, like, you go about a month. And in the beginning of the month, you're like, yeah, I just need five clients. Just need five clients. Great. And at the end of the month, you get one. One. One fucking new client. And and you see that number on a piece of paper. Or you see the invoice or you see the transaction for that client who just signed up. And you're like, fuck. I only got one. I can't believe I did this again. I can't believe I failed. What I would do personally is look at that and say, wow, I got one client. Yes. It's different. It's so different because like you did that. Be proud of it. If you missed some, like, okay. Why? Is it the market? Is it people said no, people couldn't afford it, blah, blah, blah? Or or do you suck at sales? Or did you not market yourself enough? Or did you not have enough conversations? Or did you let people go? Did you not follow up with with people? Like, what, what was the real reason? So, I can't believe I failed at this. Turns into... Well, I can believe I failed at this because <laughs> you did and you're going to do better, right? <clears throat> like your default response to, to something like this has to change in order for you to seek positive results. I can believe I failed at this. I can believe I failed. I can believe I got one client. Mm. I believe I got one. I'm going to grow this thing now. What someone who's wise would do would ask questions before, you know, jumping to a conclusion <coughs> that, you know, life is over and you fucked everything up. They'd ask the questions like, what did I do? 
well. Okay, cool, that worked. All right, what did I fuck up or what did I not do? Okay, won't do that again. I'll do this better. And then, you know, what am I going to do next time? Because you, you get a next time every time. You do, for real. <clears throat> and you could ask yourself these questions and, and then do it better. Like, actually take action, you know? Like, do something different. Get something different. I invite you to consider this, like, and we're talking about the role you play as well as, like, giving you the the stronger identity of being a leader. And as we move forward with these segments, um, we're going to move on to how you can take ownership. And I've got so much more I could share on the identity side. Um, but this is like a high level overview. Like we could get into um, your tools. We could get into your if afflictions, your trauma. We could get into your job and your role and things like that. But I want to give you uh, more of a sense of what's at the core of my identity as a leader. <coughs> uh, so in the next mastery segment, we're going to be discussing how you can now take ownership over all this stuff and and start taking action ultimately. Appreciate you and your listening. Thank you, my friends. <laughs>